Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up? Welcome back to another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook, especially this summer. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right, make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you're going to get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more. They've got same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, props, you name it. The betting options feel endless. I've been big into baseball betting recently. I mean, it's kind of the the slow time of the year. Obviously, I'm looking at the college football futures and week one uh, spreads and, and stuff like that. But, you know, you get a couple of bucks on a baseball game, all of a sudden you're interested the home run derby's coming up. That's always fun to bet on. Best of all, though, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DNVR. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. One last time, that promo code DNVR only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Cool, 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 cool. It's late night, Monday night, when I am recording this. Monday the 11th. Gosh, it's already the 11th of July. Time is flying. But we're going to be talking about David Roddy in the Summer League today. He's played in four of Memphis's five games, has scored in double digits in uh, three of those appearances. So we're just going to kind of give an update on him. They've got a couple of games left in Summer League for him to solidify just kind of that initial opinion that he's trying to establish with the Grizzlies coaching staff in front office. Before we get into that, uh, briefly, I just kind of wanted to talk about social media and whether you know fans should care about that stuff when it comes to the realignment pitch process. I noticed that Fresno State in particular has been really active sharing graphics and stats about Fresno State Athletics and uh, the Fresno region and and TV market and all that stuff. And BJ Rains, who does a great job covering the Broncos independently, uh, the Boise State Broncos, that is, he just kind of commented and said, if you keep having to share this stuff repeatedly, do you really have that strong of a case? And it just it made me think about the the topic because I, I think there's a lot of different ways to to view the situation. 
uh, on one hand, I would say that being active on social media is good for just giving your own fans peace of mind and letting them know that you are in fact active and, you know, making those pitches and trying to have those conversations and just looking to advance forward and, you know, take your athletic department, your school to the the next level into a major conference, whatever that may be. But really those social media posts, the graphics, the statistics, all of that on Facebook, Twitter, wherever it may be, it's really just for the fans, you know, it's just to kind of appease them. I wouldn't say that there's anything wrong with that, but I don't think that, you know, big 12 presidents or, you know, PAC 12 presidents, athletic directors are waking up one morning, you know, sitting at the breakfast table, scrolling on Twitter. And this, I don't know what the exact number is, you know, what the exact metric, but let's just say that Fresno for example, was like the 30th biggest market in the in the country or something like that. I don't think, you know, a, a Pac-12 AD is going to see that stat on Twitter and then all of a sudden, you know, be pounding the table to add Fresno State. Again, I'm, I'm not taking shots at Fresno State. I just don't think that, you know, ultimately that's what's going to make the difference. You know, those conversations are being had privately amongst the the top of the top of the various universities. And then obviously the uh, executives from the TV networks who are really the uh, the puppet masters behind this whole thing anyways. I haven't seen a lot of it, but I have had a couple of people, you know, reach out. And I think I saw some comments on Ram Nation a while back just complaining that CSU didn't have the social media stuff going this time around. And to those people, I would just say that, you know, maybe consider what I just said in terms of a lot of that posts, the graphics, the stats and all that just kind of being eye candy. I mean, there's not really any substance to it. That's not what's ultimately going to move the needle or, you know, advance CSU forward or anything like that. It is important to have a social media presence. I'm not saying all of that stuff doesn't matter or anything like that. But if CSU or or San Diego State were to get into the Pac-12 or the Big 12 or whatever... It would not be because they have, you know, a fire social media presence. It's just because of the growing universities and their commitments to athletic excellence and, you know, all the talking points that we've all made a million times over the last 10 years. I don't personally feel this way, but I guess if you were going to be critical of what Fresno State is doing, if you were going to be critical of the approach, an argument you could make would be that it just kind of reeks of desperation. You know, look at me, look at me. We're worth including too. If you did want to be critical and, and you did feel that way, you'd probably also argue that if you wanted to persuade those top schools that you belong amongst them, then you should carry yourself like them and act as if, you know, you already have that status. And if you do have that status, that means you don't have to, you know, post on Twitter saying you have it. If we wanted to use a a poor comparison, we could say it's kind of like if you're at the bar and you're trying to impress someone, you know, you're a single individual, you're trying to impress someone, you're trying to pick somebody up, you're probably not going to be very successful if, you know, you're walking around the whole time just trying to 
make it extremely clear all the great things about you. You know, you're <laughs> standing, you know, weird trying to flex and, you know, make your muscles look big. You're talking about your great fancy job constantly, just doing too much. You know, you might have some solid characteristics, might have some nice selling points, but you're going about it all the wrong way. And it's not an effective way to sell yourself. You want to come off as cool without trying to act cool, you know, being the center of attention, you know, drawing everybody's attention effortlessly. Personally, that was uh, <laughs> that was something I, I've never been able to do. I'm not the cool guy. Don't get me wrong here. I would be terrible in this scenario. But basically, you want to show that you're attractive and that you've got an encouraging future without you know, overwhelming the suitor. And that's a fine balance, but in a lot of ways, it it reminds me of when the American, the AAC, was trying to constantly brand itself as the Power Six, you know, as the Six Power Conference. And I guess their mindset behind it was that if they just said it enough, that eventually people would believe it. But it didn't stop, you know, the social media didn't stop those three top institutions from that conference for jumping ship for the Big 12 as soon as they had the opportunity. My long-winded point here is that, you know, you can tweet all you want, you can make the graphics and claim to be the best target, you can claim to be the best power conference or the best conference outside of it. But in actuality, we kind of all know where these programs stand. And I just don't think there's any amount of pandering via Twitter that is, is going to impact that in any way or form with the people that actually make these decisions. Anyways, that's my two cents. You know, just remember that all of these conversations are happening privately, at least the ones that matter. But let's move on. I want to talk about David Roddy. Real quick, Colorado sports fans, your home for Denver sports coverage is partnering with a leader in sports merchandise and collectibles. DNVR has teamed up with FOCO to secure your access to the best collectibles and gear around. Whether it's Broncos, Nuggets, Avs, Rockies, Rapids, FOCO will have something for you or a loved one. If you're looking to get a gift for a diehard sports fan, they have officially licensed gear for men, women, and kids, and everything from bobbleheads to swimsuits to Crocs. They've got you covered. Head on over to FOCO.com. Use the code DNVR for 10% off your order. All right, guys, David Roddy coming off of one of his better performances, 10 points, nine rebounds, one assist, one steal, and one block off the bench in a win over his hometown Minnesota Timberwolves. I think what was most encouraging about the performance is that he looked fairly comfortable defensively. He's he's been inconsistent offensively in terms of shots falling. I did have a couple of turnovers Uh, against Minnesota, but I'm not really worried about the offense. I think as he gets more comfortable out there and just gets more minutes, the shots are going to fall. For me, this summer was really all about David showing that he can be effective along the perimeter defensively and then also being able to slide down into the paint and just kind of be a pest. You know, I I don't think he needs to be a a pure rim protector. You know, he's never going to be a seven foot monster out there, you know, a Rudy Gobert that completely changes, you know, your thought process on, on whether you're even going to try and take it to the hoop, but he's just got to be a guy that can be disruptive that, you know, makes you change pace, makes you go 
you know, a little bit out of your route to the rim. And maybe that allows the five to slide over and prevent him from getting there in the first place. Or maybe it allows Roddy to, to make a play. He's got really active hands. That's always been one of the, the better parts of his game. He's shown that so far. You know, most games he's had a couple of steals. Like I said, had a one steal in this one. Even even in his first game where he was one of six from the, the floor, it, it still ended up with two steals in that one. So he's he's active defensively, defensively, excuse me, making plays. And he's just looked more and more comfortable on both ends of the floor as each game has has gone on. Game one against Philly, you know, he the moment seems a little big for him. It definitely seemed like there were some nerves didn't play particularly well on either side of the ball. Still ended up making some plays, four points, four boards, a couple of assists and a couple of steals, but didn't shoot the ball well, was minus seven. Uh, there were a couple of moments defensively where he kind of got caught off guard or you know out of position, I should say. Um, but he followed it up with a really strong showing against Utah, 19 minutes on the floor in that one, six of 10. So after going one of six against Philly, comes back, shoots 60%, 16 points, five rebounds, only one turnover. I loved that. It was plus nine. After that, followed it up with 10 points, five rebounds, zero turnovers on four of 12 shooting in 20 minutes against the Clippers. And then most recently, five of 12 from the floor in 28 minutes, almost 29 minutes, 54 seconds, 10 points, nine rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block was plus 11 in that win over the Timberwolves. Overall, he's shooting 40% from the floor right now, 16 of 40, averaging 10 points and six rebounds a game. In these last couple of games, you know, I don't think he needs to have a a monster performance. Yeah, I don't need I don't think he needs to drop 30 or, or anything like that. I think it's just about being consistent and, and not being a liability out there, you know, continue to show that you can protect the basketball value possessions. Would be nice if he, you know, had a game where he knocked down a couple of threes and just kind of flashed that ability to stretch the floor a little bit more. But much like when it comes to, you know, selling yourself to a power conference, you don't want to be out there trying to do too much and and looking bad as a result. You know, it's all about being level-headed and, and just proving that you can be a rotational guy because Memphis is going to be a really good team. They have a ton of talent and they're going to expect to, you know, be one of the top half teams in the Western Conference. They're not going to have like a ton of minutes. I I wouldn't expect Roddy to be a guy that's, you know, playing like 30 minutes a night or something like that. But, you know, hopefully he can carve a nice little role for himself, even if he was, you know, playing like 10 to 15 minutes a night or something like that off the bench. That'd be awesome. But he's just got to continue to grow. You know, I think with David, the the hope should be that he ends up carving out a successful career where he's able to be a a key member of of successful teams. You know, I think you need to have real realistic expectations going into this. You know, I, I don't foresee a scenario in which David is like an all NBA player. Maybe he turns into one and I'm completely wrong. That'd be freaking awesome. Nobody is rooting for David to succeed more than me. But I think there's a, a really good opportunity for him to be just a competent rotational player, maybe eventually develop into you know, like a fringe starter. But I mean, it, it's kind of all house money at this point. Obviously, we we all want to see David succeed in the NBA, and he's certainly a competitive guy. He doesn't want to just get drafted. He wants to now make a name for himself and establish himself in the NBA. 
But I mean, we all know the history. CSU has not had a ton of guys that have gone on to, you know, be stars in the, in the league or anything like that. So the fact that they were able to bring him in and, you know, have three awesome years with him, ultimately develop him into the conference player of the year and have him be a top 25 draft pick is, is pretty freaking cool and something that we should all celebrate. But the journey is just getting started, man. David's got such a level head on his shoulders. I'm, I'm pretty confident that he's going to be able to figure this all out. I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some ups and downs as there are for even the best players in the world. But he's just one of those guys that if I were a coach, I, I'd want him on my team because he makes smart plays. He puts the team above self. He's obviously a versatile athlete, hyper-competitive, and a really good teammate. I mean, those are a lot of characteristics that you can work with. You know, those are those are components of, of a winning basketball player. And I believe that's what David is. If you want to watch him in action, the next game for Memphis is on Tuesday, July 12th against Brooklyn. That's at 5.30 central time on ESPN2. So 4.30 local on ESPN2. Tuesday the 12th, taking on Brooklyn. All right, that's all we have as far as CSU stuff goes. Uh, Going to wrap up here just with a couple of thoughts on Stranger Things Season 4. If you have not seen it yet, go ahead and exit out of the pod. Don't want to spoil anything for you. I'm not going to go into a ton of specifics or anything like that. Um, it's obviously taken over the most popular show on Netflix. I, I, I do kind of feel like Netflix has really gone downhill over the last five years or so. I mean, they just don't have a ton of of great content like they used to. But Stranger Things is is one of the outliers. I mean, Stranger Things is it's just epic. It, it does crack me up a little bit. I've seen uh, John Tanjay, I've seen David Roddy both post that they think it is the best television series of all time. And I'm not going to lie. I had an old man moment. I almost quote tweeted it and was like, y'all are so young. But I mean, that's how all of this goes. You know, it depends on on how old you are. I also think that there's recency bias that comes into play and it happens every single time. I mean, at one point, Game of Thrones was considered the best show in, in TV history by a lot of the younger generation and then they didn't like the last season. And then, you know, that completely changed people's opinion on it. I still love Game of Thrones, even though the last couple of seasons weren't quite as strong. We'll we'll see how Stranger Things is able to wrap up. It's it's pretty, pretty impossible to wrap up shows that are this widely popular and satisfy the majority of people. I mean, Breaking Bad was able to do it. I liked every season of The Wire. In my opinion, The Wire is the best TV series of all time. But Stranger Things whips. It, this was another fun season. I, I didn't quite understand why they broke it up the way that they did. I, I don't understand. I, I don't. I didn't mind them doing it in two installments. I just felt that it was weird that the second part had episodes that were an hour and a half and then like two and a half hours long. Why not just do, you know, four one hour episodes or whatever? But hey, it, it works for me. My biggest criticism would be that more of the main characters should have died at this point. I mean, I feel like we just kind of keep doing the same thing over and over. They keep narrowly escaping death. And at some point, like, you've, you've got to kill a couple of them. I understand they're kids, and it, it started off as, you know, this show about this, you know, cute little friend group and all this. But 
you know, the show's really gotten kind of dark and, and intense. And if you want to do it right, I think you've, you've got to kill some of these endearing characters. I mean, how is the entire town going to get taken over by this demon thing? And I'm not a, I'm not a D and D guy. So excuse my ignorance here, but you know, get taken over by some interdimensional monster and every single one of the, the main characters comes out alive. I mean, you can't just kill the barbs off. How many times is Hopper or Eleven or uh, Will or Mike, you know, going to escape death? I just think at some point you've got to do it. It's going to be brutal and it's going to be a moment that the audience hates, but that's, you know, strong writing. That's That's what made Game of Thrones so intense throughout was that there was always the possibility of, you know, one of these main guys dying off. That's really my only gripe. Uh, my other gripe would be that it's going to take two years for us to get another one of these seasons. And I understand that it takes a long time to create a quality product, but I don't understand why they don't renew, you know, Netflix seasons like multiple at a time, or if they do, why they don't start filming sooner. I mean, growing up with cable TV series, you could always count on the news show, you know, whatever series you were watching, whatever was active, it would go away at the end of spring and then it would be back in the fall and you had that consistent schedule and that was great. And now with some of these shows, man, you you watch a series and then it takes like two, three years and then the new season comes out and you're, you can't even remember what happened. I mean, it's just hard to stay engaged that way. At least it is for me. But I'm old school. You know, I, I grew up with cable TV. I still prefer cable over streaming. If we're being honest, I I miss the blockbuster experience just from the aesthetic of it all. I mean, the convenience of streaming knocks it out of the park. I mean, there's no doubt about it. It's so much more efficient. It's cheaper, all of that. But nothing will touch the excitement of going into a blockbuster on a Friday night, you know, with your with your family and smelling like movie theater popcorn in there and licorice and looking around at all the cases. I mean, truly some of my, my favorite childhood memories were just pizza nights on Friday night, going to Blockbuster with my brother and parents and everybody picking out a couple of movies and, and just hanging out and being together. It's kind of like how kids today won't, you know, know how cool it was to go to Toys R Us and, and walk around and being able to see it all and touch it all was just that was such a, a cool part of it that I think you lack in the in the shipping era. I mean, obviously the convenience of being able to get anything shipped to your door, and I mean anything at any point, that's that's great. But I don't know. I, I think we're missing out on a lot of stuff like that. Stuff that uh we we don't necessarily realize we'll miss until, you know, long after it's gone. But I'm going to wrap up the show before I get too sentimental here. If you can't tell, I'm, I'm closing in on 30. I mean, I just turned 27, but I feel myself getting very, very old and, and preachy, which I guess is good if you host a solo podcast. But I fear for my loved ones because I'm constantly going to be rambling about uh, the good old days. <laughs> But that's all I have for today. We'll have more content throughout the week. We're going to catch up with some of these 2023 recruits and, you know, hear what sold them on CSU, Jay Norvell, you know, uh, what the plan is regarding their future and, and the positions they'll play and all that fun stuff. I know you guys are going to look forward to it. We'll have some new written content coming out as well. Now's a great time to subscribe if you have not 
$60 annual membership, but you get a free t-shirt. That's like a $30 to $35 value right there. Plus you get access to everything we do on the site. We cover all of the local teams. We just try to make it more fun to be a sports fan. And in my humble opinion, we do a pretty good job of that. All right, that's all we have for today. Much love to all of you. Stay safe, stay cool out there. Peace. Khakis wearing graphic tees, feeling way too trendy. Raps that kill. Oh, I'm deadly. Primed and ready like machetes at a deli in New Delhi. Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli. Turn jam into jelly, then drink it like juice. But water's the truth, so I sip on that too. Skinny looking kid with no car keys. Like the only thing I drive is RCRV. He's got the stash like Steve Harvey. Oh, I'm gnarly.